guys, welcome to our sixth podcast of Anyhow Only. I cannot believe it's already six. Right, right. I feel like it's actually no. Actually, quite believable because we're quite regular. <laughs> this is only our sixth podcast. When did we first start? I think we started on the twenty eighth of February. Really? I thought that was our last one. No, we started earlier, like December, like that. So we are planning to like I don't know be more regular with the podcast because we are trying to make a career out of this <laughs> and stop our lives and our jobs and everything. Yeah, try to make it happen for us. No, actually I don't know. We are still thinking about it. I want that sponsor money, please. Ashura is always very loud, you know. Like during the editing, right? We always have to lower down her voice because it's so loud. It's just the distance of which I hold the mic. It's very close to my mouth. <laughs> she like eating the mic like that. We the first thing that we are gonna talk about today is about burnout, cause that's something I've been like facing in the past year. Actually, I feel like ever since I started tertiary education, I started having burnout, especially since I'm working part time also, right, during school. So, uh, I feel like there was a lot of responsibility. That I have to carry, so I had no time for myself. In the past months, because it's my last semester of school, I feel like there's a lot of things that I have to do, and it's very heavy, lah. Uh, I read online, and then they say that actually I have depression also. So I was asking myself whether this is like the depression acting up or is it my burnout. And what I read online, right, was that actually depression could have. Like could factor in like burnout as well. One of the causes of burnout is like poor self care, and it's something I have neglected also. Like myself, my my health and everything because I always lack sleep and even like some days I don't shower. I know that sounds gross, but it's something. I think for people who have faced depression, it's it's normal and they can relate. And I also have been like smoking a lot, which is a bad habit of mine. And then. When I stop smoking, right, that's when I know like my mental health is at a good state. But then when I started smoking, I'm like, yep, I'm down the the rabbit hole again. I'm like in deep shit again. The second one is um lack of social support. For me, this is quite untrue because I have like a good social circle around me. I feel like it's also my fault because I don't tell them about my problems or anything. I don't open up to them. Like my friends don't know what's going on with me, so I feel like that's on me also. The third one is um inability to influence decisions that affect your job, such as schedule assignments or workload, which is what's happening to me lah. Cause uh, my workload is taking up so much of my time, right? Every day I'm working on my schoolwork, so I don't have any time for myself. That also leads to like work-life imbalance lah. That's why I feel like every Saturday or like Sunday I will do something with my friends like. Past two months, I have been skating every Saturday, and then I feel like that's a very good break of the week, lah. Like to just forget about everything and just skating is also a skill. So I feel like a sense of achievement as well. Some things I have done to face this burnout or like slash depression or like a collaboration with between both of them is uh, replace the mental exhaustion with physical exhaustion. So skating, exercising, working out is important. Sleeping is a very big problem that I have. But then, my friend always like 
emphasize to sleep you know sleeping is good sleeping is it will like heal your muscles and heal your mind and i i really agree with it ah they say on the s- internet to like s- have a staycation but for me it's like i'm not really interested in staycation staycation depends lah on who i'm staycationing with if it's with close friends i don't mind it just feels like i'm hanging out with them at the void deck but just like at a fancier place same like for me it's like i prefer like just hanging out at someone's house like my house or something and then just like do whatever we want because i feel like it's the same you know singapore is quite boring what's the difference like what can a staycation offer that cannot happen at home yeah i guess it's just it offers to like people's materialistic desires i feel like just the like the bathtubs especially <laughs> yeah i feel like that's the only thing then the last one is have a walk outside outside which i'm trying to do as well even on tiktok everyone's like just go and go and take a walk outside and then they just like walk anywhere and like aimlessly and i'm like okay i shall try that also those are the kind of things that i want to do for myself to better my mental health i feel like a lot of people also are facing the same thing in singapore you know like all their lives they have been going through school and then even like the pressure of getting good grades and everything it's like a very typical but like sadly common problem that we are all facing ah but i feel like we should try to solve this problem i guess yeah just prioritize your mental health lah like just put it first before anything which i feel like every child should learn also at a young age i feel like it's not that we don't know what to do but it's just very difficult to do it like you said sometimes i also feel like i'm in a rut like i have so many things to do i just get so stressed out and i don't do anything because i'm so scared of tackling my workload yeah you can say take a walk outside but i don't feel like showering i don't feel like getting out of bed so taking a walk outside is like so difficult sometimes you know but i guess that's the thing about trying to help ourselves is that we have to take the first effort to like just force ourselves sometimes we really have to force i know force has like a bad connotation to the word lah but then it's like it really helps sometimes like shit get done because i force my body to even if my mind is not there to like want to do it you know just get shit done ah just force yourself For me, forcing doesn't work. Like for me, what works is like, I just don't think so much. You know, I just like do a bit. Then, I, then after doing a bit, I rest for a while. Then I say, okay, I can just do a bit more. You know, since I'm not really gonna do anything for the day, I can just uh, just do a bit more. Then it's a bit more. Then a bit more. That's how I overcome it. I think that doesn't work for me because I'm very impatient. I want to get things done and very fast. So the small steps thing doesn't work for me. It's really up to the individual, lor. And I hope that you guys take care of yourselves. I don't hope you take care of yourself. I hope you suffer <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> Have I experienced burnout? Yeah, for sure. I th- think about my burnout. Right, it happened after O levels because I was like studying very very hard, and because of my burnout, yeah, I am eating the mic. I I just realized that it keeps like bouncing off. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realize that I'm doing it. Cuz I'm afraid that you cannot hear me but obviously that's not a problem. Um Oh yeah, I have experienced burnout. 
after like national exams and then I fell a bit into like of a depression because just my mind cannot work, you know. And the thing about burnout, right, it's after you recover from burnout, I, f- I feel like you also have some sort of trauma from from working hard. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to work again because you don't want to feel that burnout again. It's from a past struggle. It makes you a bit scared lah. It makes you feel scared because you don't want to go through the same thing again. I think the only way to go through difficult things is just to go one one step at a time. I, I know it doesn't work for Julia, but for me, I, I'm the kind of person that would take my time. That's nice. I really respect that. Like, even when I eat, you can ask anybody. Oh. I, I'm the slowest eater in the world. I think I cooked like one instant noodle for her, right? Like one packet and then she took like one hour to finish it. Yeah, that's that's how slow she is. Yeah, I'm just generally a very slow person. You know my 2.4, right? I think it's like 40 minutes. <laughs> you walk the whole way. I was like slow jogging. My Then like when my friend passed me, right? She said like, Eh, I think you walk faster, yeah? Don't jog, just walk. I think every class finished already. Eh. You're like you're the first class, right? Then got like maybe six class. I think all the six classes finished already. Yeah, I was still there. Whatever. Oh. So yeah, I'm just a very slow person. The step by step method works for me. Or like as they say, the only way out is true. Yeah, the only way out is true. So like if I'm trapped in a box, I have to go through the cardboard. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, correct. Instead of like trying to find. Sometimes you just gotta punch like a hole through the cupboard. Just force it through. Okay, the next topic that we're gonna talk about is Spider Man. I watched Spider Man two days ago. The what's it called? Ah, uh? No Way Home. Spider Man No Way Home. Do you watch it? It's not Far From Home. Uh. Far From Home is the second one. Oh, sorry, I really, I really don't. I'm not into this Spider Man shit. But do you watch it? I watched it when I was ushering at the cinemas right then I just sneak into the hall and then I just stayed there for like one hour I watched it with my siblings my my younger brother he just started working after N-levels and he is earning an income so he as a treat he wants to treat us to watch the movies lah he bought the tickets quite late and obviously there are so many ha- almost Harry Potter fans there's so many Spider-Man fans and they were like queuing at the moment the tickets were released, he bought the tickets that was directly in front of the screen. Okay, so when I go inside the theatres, I look at the ticket, I was like, why did, why did you do this? My my neck is gonna hurt because you have to look up, right? The way I watched the movie was like, I slouched all the way down and I looked up. But even then, it was so bright. I felt like one scene from that movie was burned into my retinas. I can still see it if I close my eyes. <laughs> Which scene was it? It was the scene um with Jamie Fox when he was the electric guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was in the woods with the sand guy. So specific. <laughs> yeah, I tell I'm telling you I can see it right now when I blink. There was not much of a plot actually. I feel like the whole movie was just fan service. That's what I thought the whole time. Some of the patrons they cheered when the collab happened. Spider-Man X Spider-Man X Spider-Man. Spider-Man Cube. Spider-Man Cube. Eh, bukan ni. Eh, di sana. Okay, sorry. So, um, the patrons cheered when the spi- the three Spider-Mans met, right? And I was like so disgusted. I was annoyed. I don't know why. <laughs> I have issues. I'm so bitter about things. But I'm like, the movie isn't that good. Like, why are you guys cheering? 
that's all I have to say. I was quite annoyed, uh, but then I understand because they, I know they are fans of Spider-Man, and I'm not. So maybe I just don't get it. Yeah, that's what ran through my mind the whole time. Maybe I'm. I was like, maybe I just don't get the whole Spider-Man hype. That's why I don't understand why all the fans are very excited about it. But um, because I've never really watched the whole Spider-Man saga thing, even if like the second and the third one, the one with Andrew Garfield and everything. I don't understand the whole plot. But then based on what I watched, right, the no, the recent one, I don't understand the hype about it because the movie alone wasn't good, the storyline wasn't good, and then the dialogue also wasn't good. So, yeah, that's my whole take on it. I think it's just a fan service thing. I think the reason why you didn't enjoy it was because you did not watch the previous Spider-Mans. I think so too. Yeah, because I'm not the biggest superhero fans, but I was excited to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Um, I did watch the movies growing up. I watched Tobey Maguire movies growing up, and I remember watching Andrew Garfield's Spider Man in secondary school. So you know, it reminded you, it reminded you of the life that you lived when those movies came out. When you were a young child and when you were still in secondary school, so yeah, it was nostalgic, like had that nostalgic factor. I think the nostalgic factor was what everyone was looking forward to, right? In this movie, some of them watched the first movie, the Tobey Maguire one, when they were like really small. I understand the hype lah about it. I also have some criticism lah for the movie. I'm a movie critic. Our opinions literally mean jack shit. We're just like yeah. sitting in Julia's room talking shit. Okay, I'm sure the movie's gonna do very well and you know succeed in the box office numbers or whatever. But like I, f- I'm kind of I'm kind of bored of multiverses, time traveling. Yeah, those two basically time traveling and multiverses. I think those two are overused. It's kind of lazy. Why do you, Why do you say that? I think you see it a lot in recent pop culture film and television like Rick and Morty Doctor Who and almost and like the Avengers Endgame it was like a huge thing sorry I think it's because like we are at the era where everything is very modernized and then I feel like everyone just wants to go back to the past or the future like we have been in this state for a very long time you know this very modern state and like we don't really know how I don't know how to say it. You know I, I, I know how to say. It's like we are at a state where everything is being recorded. Last time when you watch television, right, it's either you catch it or you don't. But now everything is recorded. We are able to reminisce on the past. Like there's documents of the past, you know. If I want to watch Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield right now I can. There is a high value on television and films nowadays because you can easily watch it. So people value those things very much. I think that's why films that have time travel and have multiverses resonate with people because, you know, humans, we just like to romanticize the past. So anything that's nostalgic, we value it very much, especially when it comes to, like, pop culture and film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? I feel like that was yeah. all over the place. Yeah, no, okay. It makes sense. Like you really you worded it well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I and I'm a victim to that too. I really I was really like excited to see Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. But in terms of plot it was not there lah. There was no no actual plot and it was just fan service. Yeah, lot and I think it's it's um 
it's good to like watch the movie. I mean, it's good to have perspective as a person who has who have not watched Spider Man or like even expected the nostalgic factor to come in. You know, like I never expected that. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield to be there. It wasn't shocking to me, but it's something new. Yeah, but I, f- I swear, right, the No Way Home Spider-Man, right? Do you f- do you agree that it looks like GTA? Like if you look at the colors, right, and how like animated they 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 look very animated and it looks like GTA. I don't know. I think you should think about it. It really looks like GTA. I didn't notice that. It doesn't look like real life New York. Seriously, yeah. I did. I did not notice. I think it w- it was because like I was sitting in the front row and it was like so painful to look at the screen. But yeah, the colors were very vibrant and saturated. That's all I have to say. It's very GTA like. Okay, so you, you just don't like No Way Home, lah? Uh? I I like I like it, but it's just too fake for me. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. So, uh, in the event of the new Spider-Man movie, um, today, at 12pm I started watching every single Spider-Man movie it's a bit intense but that's just the kind of person I am I'm an intense person so I have a few notes from watching the movies the first movie the first franchise the first trilogy of Spider-Man by Sam Raimi it was it was supposed to be and I'm quoting Wikipedia it was supposed to be an ostentatious and highly dynamic visual style inspired by comic books and slapstick comedy which I find was true you know when I was watching the movie there was a lot of montages I like I personally prefer that kind of comic book style it's more nostalgic it's very it feels like you're reading a comic book when you watch Sam's Spider-Man it doesn't feel like you're watching a feature film you feel like you're you're reading a comic book when you watch Sam's Spider-Man and have you watched Speed Racer? No. Speed Racer is also a movie that has a lot of montages and it's very it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie it's it feels like you're reading a comic book comic book come alive yeah it's like a comic book come alive I guess like anything that is very edited doesn't feel like you're watching a movie right because movie is supposed to seem seem like it's capturing real life events but if it's like highly edited then it doesn't feel that way it feels fictitious so like for sam's spider-man it's not i wouldn't say it's very animated because the cgi was very bad but it was very edited you know there was one scene where toby mcguire was putting on the spider-man mask and there were like newspaper headlines around him so it was very comic book-esque i don't really know how how else to explain it how do you find that concept like the aesthetic, yeah. I think it served its, its purpose because Sam wanted a comic book-like movie. Because it was like a comic book, the characters were not very dynamic or complex. They were just there to move the story plot. So for example, you can tell that the dialogue was very straightforward and robotic. And I'm quoting um, Aunt, one of one of the things that Aunt May said. Sorry, can I, can I do a bit? Can I do a bit? Aunt May was talking to Uncle Ben and she said, I'm not going to do the impression. <laughs> I, I just cannot. It's going to be embarrassing. So Aunt May was talking to Uncle Ben and she said, I love you and Peter loves you. You're the most responsible man I've ever known. It's very straightforward. By that dialogue, you know that she's in love with her husband. She cares for Peter. It's She is telling you, but she's not showing you. You know, It's a lot of telling, not showing in Sam's Spider-Man. 
it's also a bit weird because it feels it doesn't feel natural doesn't feel natural lah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a real life scene. It doesn't it's not a scene that would happen in real life. Another example is when the wrestler guy he didn't pay Toby Maguire enough money and he just said, "But I need the money." And he walked out. I cannot imagine Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield just accepting their fate and walking out in the in a situation of injustice and unfairness they would have some sort of outrage or Andrew Garfield would have a sarcastic remark or Tom Holland would be like but but he's awkward dorky you know yeah so there was not a much personality in Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker or Spider-Man. Peter Parker as a protagonist in Sam's Spider-Man, he's an unthreatening guy. He's not intimidating and he's not complicated. He's easy enough to understand to not distract the audience from the main purpose of the movie, which is the plot. There's two parts of the plot I feel, which is Peter's dilemma when his life as Spider-Man interferes with his personal life. And the other part of the plot is the supervillain's development, like how they become a supervillain. Peter Parker does not have much personality. He's just neutral and he's just out of the way from these two main factors of the plot. To summarize the first three movies, the first movie was about Spider-Man hiding his identity. The second movie was about how Spider-Man cannot be with MJ. And the third movie is about how Spider-Man tackles fame and success so it's very simple it's like easy themes it's easy to understand i think the reason why sam's spider-man is so easy to understand is because you're introducing spider-man for the first time there is no context for spider-man like we have now so it's very like consumable it's like very easy to comprehend but when you look now moving on to mark webb's spider-man the second spider-man the amazing spider-man I think a lot of people say that this Spider-Man is underrated because it didn't feel like a superhero movie. You didn't watch the second Sp- Spider-Man, right? I have a question like when it came out with a different actor for Spider-Man, right? Did people question why they need like a different actor or something? Because for me I got confused. I don't know. Eh. I don't know why they decided to not let Toby Maguire do a Spider-Man for. I have no idea. Like, was it intentional for different universes to have three different Spider-Mans? I don't think it was intentional. Because, like, if I'm not wrong, right, The Amazing Spider-Man, which is the second Spider-Man, came out 12 years after the first one. So it was a long time before they decided to do the Spider-Man project again. I just think that they they wanted to give Spider-Man a second chance after a long time. They just want to, like, introduce the whole franchise again. Yeah, I think so. And this is like before Marvel. So they were not really thinking of multiverses or stuff like that. So it's not really related. Maybe they just like cook up the whole multiverse thing at the end after the Tom Holland movie. Oh, I think multiverse was always a thing. But I don't think like they made many Spider-Mans because of multiverse. I think it was just like it was convenient. And they were just lucky to have a lot of Spider-Mans. When I was googling about The Amazing Spider-Man, I was quite shocked to see who the director was. It was Mark Webb. And I wrote here in my notes, I think he was chosen by Columbia Pictures purely for his last name. Because it doesn't make sense how someone with only one movie below his belt would be suitable to direct a superhero movie. And that movie I'm referring to is 500 Days of Summer. I would never expect 
someone who directed only one movie, which is a romantic independent comedy, to direct a superhero film. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's like the opposite of a superhero movie, eh? Like, indie versus superhero, what? The previous Spider-Man director also didn't direct a superhero movie, but he was experienced with, like, action films. You know, it was somewhat related. This guy is an indie romantic comedy guy and has only directed one movie in his life. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, I think the reason why he was chosen maybe is because 500 Days of Summer did really well as for an indie... 500 Days of Summer didn't have a lot of action to, like, reflect on his capability as a director you know so I don't understand and I think you can tell from watching The Amazing Spider-Man the focus of The Amazing Spider-Man was very focused on Spider-Man's relationship with Gwen Stacy it did have action obviously but I don't think that was the main focus of Webb's Spider-Man 500 Days of Summer was a huge success the box office was 12 times its budget and it was nominated for many awards so Obviously, this Mark Webb's guy, he is talented lah. And something he said about 500 Days of Summer, right? Which makes a lot of sense when you look at how he directed Spider-Man. Because the reason why he directed 500 Days of Summer is because he thinks that typical romantic comedies does not reflect the emotional experience of romantic relationships. So he's very into depicting emotions accurately. So that's his whole thing. If you watch... The Amazing Spider-Man, emotions are shown very realistically and it's a huge part of the movie. Like, Andrew Garfield is very expressive with his face in the second movie, which is so drastic if you watch Tobey Maguire when he's, like, literally the most neutral character in the entire movie. There is a difference in Webb's Spider-Man and Sam's Spider-Man. Webb's Peter Parker was quiet, but not reserved. Like... He was not bullied. Toby Maguire's Spider-Man, he... He was just a very timid person. Yeah, Toby was timid and he was bullied. But Andrew wasn't. He was just like a wallflower, you know. He was just in school, but he wasn't the butt of the joke in school. But he also wasn't popular. So he was like in the middle, you know, just doing his thing. And he, he was outspoken. He was quiet because like he was tormented lah. He lost his parents, so he was sad about that. But he wasn't scared. He wasn't timid like Toby was. There was humor in the second, the second Spider Man. Like, like there was a lot of sarcasm in Andrew's Spider Man. For example, there was this scene where a criminal threatened him with a small knife, and he was like, "Oh no, my greatest weakness, small knives." So there was a lot of sarcasm in this Spider Man. Um, like I said previously, in Toby's Spider-Man, the dialogues were all robotic. Whereas the second one, it was a bit more dynamic and there was a lot of showing and not telling. For example, the relationship between Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Instead of them expressing their love towards each other directly, right? They showed their care for each other through bickering like they were always quarreling uncle ben and aunt May. it was like like old married couples but you can see that they really care for each other so it's not as straightforward as the first spider-man yeah so there's a difference that i saw i feel like i would have like i would like um the andrew garfield one the best amongst the three spider-man i like andrew garfield spider-man the most but i did not really like how romance was emphasized in the second one like that's not my thing 
I think I like it because of that, and also because I resonate with like his character. But I I really like his sarcasm. Like it was it was so interesting to watch, and Andrew Garfield in general is such a good actor. Like his expressions are very satisfying to watch. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I don't watch him enough, but I feel like I really like him if I watch his movies more. I feel like people are gonna accuse us for liking Andrew because he's hot. Like yeah, of course he's hot, but also he's a good actor lah. You know, I mean, Toby Maguire is also hot, but I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> Everyone's hot. <laughs> uh, an important thing that I noticed watching the second Spider-Man is that how it's n- it's no longer like a comic book anymore. Like the protagonist is not neutral anymore. The protagonist is bringing us through the story. We are seeing events happen through his eyes. We only see what Peter Parker sees. Whereas for Toby Maguire, right, when he's not there, the, s- the story still happens. So there's a distinction that I saw. I don't quite understand because I haven't watched it. There's never a scene without Peter Parker, basically, in Andrew's Spider-Man. Oh, he like he like really goes through all the events. Yeah, like he's bring bring us through the story. He's bringing us through the events. He's not like he's not a pawn in a bigger story. He is the story, you know. And you can see like it's more genuine. Like you see Andrew Garfield, Spider Man, and Peter Parker as a real person. You know, when he got his powers, right? He's not just he wasn't immediately adaptable to it. We see him like practicing shooting webs. We see him making his own costume. We see him like you know getting used to the powers. Whereas like Tobey Maguire, oh, I have powers. I'm just gonna use them. So it was a bit more interesting to see. It was a bit more complex. I guess the second movie was a was an improvement in terms of genuineness and sincerity, which I I'm not saying it's better because to introduce a story, you need some sort of fast pacedness and ed- editing. Uh, I think Sam's Spider Man, which is the first Spider Man, allowed the second Spider Man to make sense. But also like how they got their web is different. Uh, it just happens to be dif- different. It has a different story. So moving on to the last Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man. I'm not a fan of the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know we are going to piss off so many people by saying that because I know almost everybody is a fan of MCU, and I'm not saying this to be a bitch. I really try to like Marvel, but I feel like when I'm watching Tom Holland's Spider-Man, right, it alienates people who has not watched the previous Avengers. Um, movies. You know, not everybody has watched Avengers, and you kind of have to watch Avengers to understand Spider Man. And there's like so many movies to watch. Exactly, Tom Holland Spider Man. Okay, it's very rude for me to say Tom Holland Spider Man because it's not Tom Holland Spider Man. It is what's the director's name? John Watts. John Watts. So Watts, John, John's Spider Man. First name basis. Uh. John Spider Man is for people who is obsessed with superheroes. If you are like up to date with the comics and like the movies and all the multiverses, and you are like, you get all the references, you will love Tom Holland's Spider Man. <laughs> Sorry, John Spider Man. Like John Spider Man would be your favorite version of Spider-Man because of all the references you know the easter eggs and like the cameos from other superheroes like people like how it all links up with each other basically yeah it's not as approachable as the previous two Spider-Man the previous two Spider-Man even if you don't know anything you go inside the movie you understand it but this one you have to watch the previous Marvel's movies to understand yeah exactly Um, the Peter Parker is different it's less about like, it's more childlike. Tom Holland's Spider-Man 
he, the way he portrays Spider-Man is more childlike. Mm-hmm. It's not like this person who is mature and can make all the right decisions and and you expect him to do his best all the time. He's a child. You know, he makes amateur mistakes. You wouldn't expect amateur mistakes from Toby Maguire or Andrew Garfield, but you would expect, you know, juvenileness from Tom Holland, which is kind of refreshing to see. Because, uh, you know, as a child... I mean, we're not a child, but he was about our age when the movie came out. You relate to him, lah. He was, like, about our age. He was going through the same things you were going through. Yeah, and I feel like that it appeals to a lot of the audience also. People are like, oh, um, even Spider-Man can make mistakes, so it's okay f- for me to make mistakes. So I feel like a lot of young people, they feel more empowered by this. Because they see, like, oh, even a superhero can make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, a lot of... Tom Holland Spider-Man fans were uh, were going through what he was going through in the movie. They were about the same age, you know what I mean? Whereas like older older generations they relate more to like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. At this point, I was kind of tired seeing Peter Parker as this guy who who was always made fun of. Like the Asian side of me was pissed off because he's smart. You know, he's doing well in school. There's no reason for him to be a dog and a loser. Like, I don't understand that. Like, why you keep portraying Peter Parker as this loser when, in reality, he would be cool in school? Because they want to show that, oh, introverted people in school also can become, like, ironically, the superhero of the world. Yeah, that's what they are trying to put across. They're trying to make Peter Parker relatable, so, like, you like him. He doesn't feel like he's above you. You feel like he's your friend and he's doing all this cool stuff, which is false. If... By the way, if Peter Parker was in your school, he'll be popular. Yeah. He will be popular. Yeah, he will be like, <laughs> like a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah, he'll get all the girls. He's smart. He's like, you know, strong. He's Spider-Man. Like, there's no uh, reason to hate him or bully him. What I like about um the m- the most recent Spider-Man is he has an emphasis on friendship and kindness. It's not solely about. Peter Parker's love interest anymore. Friendship is a is has a strong emphasis in the most recent Spider-Man. Like, yeah, with Ned, like Peter Parker and Ned has the strongest relationship out of all his relationship in the movie, which I I really appreciate that. And I don't like how people hate Zendaya's MJ. I like Zendaya's MJ the most. Like, given she's not, she she doesn't appear very much in the movies, but it's very refreshing to see like a girl who is sort of an outcast and a bit weird to be the love interest. Yeah, and also like the fact that they never emphasize their relationship that much. You know, like your girlfriend doesn't have to be like your whole world. <laughs> the thing I don't know. It feels like weird to say that, but I like really like that. I'm not saying that. It's not good to have a love interest or love interests are... It's refreshing to see that their friendship is portrayed more than his relationship. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. And I think it's the first time we see Spider-Man being like a neighbourhood Spider-Man, like doing mundane tasks and not just like saving the world. Like we never see that in the previous two Spider-Man. And also, I like the humour in the third Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man. It's more varied. It's not just sarcasm. It's not just like slapstick and I find like this is a huge key finding because I think this is a difference between millennials and gen z's Andrew Garfield's humor which is sarcasm and like putting people down is millennial humor and gen z is like self-deprecating we are putting ourselves down you see like in Tom Holland's Spider-Man what Spider-Man the humor is self-deprecating meta and a bit dark you're always making a joke at yourself at your own expense like that's the 
main form of humor in in that Spider-Man, which is like yeah, that's the Gen Z way of making jokes. If you you want to know what's the difference between millennial and Gen Z, who do you relate with more? Do you relate more with Andrew Spider-Man or Tom Holland Spider-Man? Uh, Andrew. I don't make a lot of like self-deprecating jokes. Honestly, oh, that's all the jokes I make. But I also make sarcastic jokes. I'm more sarcastic. Tom Holland Spider-Man. There was also sarcasm and like putting people down, but there was more self-deprecating jokes. He's more like us, lah. Basically, yeah, yeah. That was interesting to see, like, like the difference between like millennial humor and Gen Z humor. I feel like Spider-Man fans would really want to hear your. Spider-Man fans wouldn't agree with me. This is just, by the way, I just like binge through all Spider-Man movies from 12 p.m. and these are just the notes that I have. I can say much more, but I don't wanna like you know harp on it. <laughs> Imagine like they can comment, ah, uh. like you suck. What whatever he says wrong. How can you not like MCU? And the wrestling guy you mentioned, he has a name. <laughs> the wrestling guy, he has a name. Respect, respect the name. Okay, I'm gonna watch Spider. Actually, Spider Man is actually really good, lah. But my only memory of it was the first movie, and I really enjoyed it. I like his the whole um betrayal thing from his best friend. It's like you know, uh, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Your best friend can be your enemy. Yeah, that's a quite cool. Forgot to say something like what Spider Man is more adolescent, like the themes and topics. The issues discussed in what Spider Man is very juvenile. Like the first movie was about being ambitious, wanting to be great. You know, trying to prove yourself that you're capable of doing adult things. Then the second Spider Man was about, and when I say first and second, I'm talking about what Spider Man. Then the second movie, which is far away, far away from home, was about having trust in your abilities and fulfilling your responsibilities. You know, it's about growing up. So you don't get these children, not not children, but coming of age themes in the previous two Spider Man. You can only see it in what Spider Man, Tom Holland Spider Man. And not only that, even like the colors that they use is very adolescent. Like I don't know how to say it, but it's very vibrant, very saturated, and you know it will appeal kids and young people. So it's like everything about it is very appealing to um, youngsters. I think that's what they were trying to do lah. Also, I want to justify why I don't like Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, universe stories. It's because I feel like the stakes are so low. If they're in a setting where there's time travel, access to all superheroes, a multiverse, you cannot tell me that no problem can be solved. Every problem can be solved in that setting. Also, you have magic. Why are there still problems? I don't get it. I don't know the explanation for that. But there is. I'm sure you can bullshit... <laughs> A co- uh, answer to that, but it's all convenience. Oh, sorry, this spell just doesn't work. Oh, sorry, this superhero just doesn't isn't available. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It's just very convenient, lah. Realistically, realistically, <laughs> realistically, if there was magic, time traveling, a multiverse, and access to all superheroes, there wouldn't be a problem. There wouldn't even be like world hunger. You know? Yeah, I don't. The stakes are so low in the MCU. I feel like the Marvel fans have a lot to say about that. Yeah, but you get my point lah. I'm sure you can have like a response to my point, but you understand why I am not into it. I think it's just too many movies, sorry, bye. <laughs> too many movies to watch. Which is good lah. I think like in this day of age, like, people want a lot of things to watch. But to me, it's like, 
Can you like focus on the real world instead? You know, that kind of thing. People want escapism. They want to be in a universe that's not reality. I I get that. I get that, yeah. That's why there's so many movies in the MCU. Like, you want to be involved in a story that's not yours. It's a form of escapism. That's why people play D&D. That's why people play video games. It's the same thing. Some of the fans are too invested in it. Everything about them is about Marvel. I'm like... Yeah, I'm judging you, man. Like, focus on the real world, man. Actually, right, it's a common thing. Now, um, pop culture, music, film, television, art, is now people's personality. That's that's how you get your personality from. Like, I like K-pop. I like, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, like, being a K-pop fan, it can literally be your en- entire identity now. Yeah, and it kind of dates back. I mean, it's always been like that since the past... Decades. Life without religion, right? Um, everyone will make something their personality, and I respect that. I get that. You know, like I could say that my personality is right now at the moment is kind of music because I'm a music enthusiast. But I feel like you shouldn't be. It's just a personal opinion, and I think it's quite controversial. But I feel like really without religion, people will always find something to make purpose out of their lives. Such as like Marvels, like really getting invested into Marvel, and I, I respect that lah. It's just you know we all have we all just want to find something to like live for or like try to escape reality, and I really get that a lot. But even so, I feel that we should always ground ourselves back to the real world and try our best to live life and help out in this world whenever we can. We all have duties, you know, like. Spider-Man, we have duties to save the world. Maybe we can learn from that and then make little small contributions to the world as well. You know, whenever I binge watch something or I spend too much time watching something or listening to something, right? I have like this thought. Okay, for example, I just recently binge to watch Glee, TV show Glee, and they're doing all these different things. And I try to imagine one of the characters doing what I'm doing, like sitting at home, watching TV like for 12 hours. I would think that that character is insane, but I'm doing the thing that I think is insane. <laughs> no? So maybe you are insane. Maybe lah. Or it's just TV shows not portraying the realist. Maybe. I hope this podcast was not too boring. I feel like I was rambling on and on. Honestly, when I was looking at my notes, I thought that, can I talk very long for this? Then I realised that I was talking too long. Hopefully you were not too bored. It's like giving a lecture, but it's about Spider-Man, so it's not that boring. Yeah. I think like for someone who doesn't like Spider-Man, it was too much. And for someone who likes Spider-Man, it's not enough. So yeah. Should we have like a platform where listeners can pitch in their thoughts or anything? Should we have like an Instagram account or something? Should we, guys? <laughs> okay, so I hope you are doing well. Actually, I don't. I hope you are having a bad day. And that after listening to this podcast, your day is even worse. And I hope that you cry yourself to sleep. Bye.